okay? Let's pray. Our Father who is in heaven, good morning, Father. You're the Father we've always wanted, a heavenly Father. Jesus, you're the big brother we always dreamed of, the one who goes first and says, follow me. Holy Spirit, welcome. Hallowed be your name. In our worship today, in our school and work tomorrow, in our play throughout this week, may we exalt the name and treasure the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come. King Jesus, help us to follow you this week. Help us to spread the gospel of the kingdom around the world. We look forward, Jesus, to that day you come back and your kingdom is here in all of its fullness. King Jesus, we pray for revival. Will you not yourself revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Lord, revive me, revive us. May it spread throughout our city and land that we would rejoice in King Jesus. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. May we delight in doing your will and may others see how beautiful that is and be drawn to follow you too. Give us this day our daily bread. Meet our financial needs as individuals and families and as a church. Lord, you know all of our physical needs and meet our needs. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lord, we pause and confess our sins to you. And Lord, as you forgive us, help us to forgive those that have wronged us. And Lord, we pray for our spiritual needs that you would lead us not in temptation, but you would deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil within us, our flesh, of thinking we know better than you the path to happiness. Deliver us. And deliver us from the world. We feel such pressure to conform. Deliver us from the world. And deliver us from the evil one, from his lies and deceptions. As we open your word today, teach us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. A man was digging a hole in his backyard, and as he was digging a hole, he found treasure, buried treasure in his backyard. And he got so excited about the buried treasure that he almost ran and told his wife, And then he remembered why he dug the hole in the first place. <laughs> okay, you said that's terrible, okay? <laughs> and it is terrible. But that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about treasure. Treasure. Don't you love treasure? I mean, don't you always dream about finding treasure? This morning, we're going to talk about treasure. Matter of fact, here's the... Here's the point of today's message, that when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. And I know some of you say, well, Smiley, I've heard that before. And so I want you to understand something. I'm not trying to teach you something new each week, but I am trying to equip you for a mission that really matters. I want to equip you to follow Jesus in a hostile culture. And I want to equip you to be able to make disciples. And, and that's why there's things we need to know to accomplish that. So will you say this with me? When Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. Oh. Do you, do you ever wish that you just wanted to spend time with Jesus? Do you? When Jesus is our treasure, 
Listen, following him will be our pleasure. Are there sins in your life that you long to be freed from? Are there? Listen, when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. Do you long to follow Jesus more fully? You want to follow him. Listen, when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. Do you long to have a boldness, a boldness to share your faith freely with others? Do you? Listen, when Jesus is our treasure, then following him will be our pleasure. Do you, do you want to be able to look forward to the future, to look forward to the future and believe the best is yet to come? Listen, when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. If you're new, welcome. We're, we believe the Bible is God's word, and we're walking through a book called Colossians. And we're glad it will catch you up a little bit. The book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul in about 62 A.D. He wrote it to a church that he did not plant. You see, about seven years before this, a man named Epaphras, when Paul was in Ephesus, had gone to Ephesus, heard the gospel, was converted, went back to Colossae, started the church. Now it's seven years later, about 62 A.D., and uh, Epaphras has gone to Rome where Paul's in prison, and he's told him, he's told him about the false teachers that have come into the church in Colossae. And... Uh, so Paul writes this letter to correct the false teachers, and what he's teaching them is Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. We've spent the first part of this year walking through Colossians 1, and we've seen Jesus is the treasure, the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus for all things. He's the creator. He's the savior. He's the head of the church. <clears throat> he's the head of creation. <clears throat> and I want you to understand that when the Bible was written, there weren't verses and chapters. They're put there so we can find our way. So sometimes they're in weird places. So I'm going to get a running head start to today. We're going to back up to where we stopped last week in Colossians 1, verse 27, and get a running head start into these verses. Last week we looked at to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Last week we looked at how Christ lives in us. That's what fills us with hope. We looked at we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Paul's desire was that every Christian treasure Jesus, that every Christian followed Jesus, that every Christian became a disciple maker. That's why we proclaim Jesus is the treasure. And then he said, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Paul was preaching. He was doing everything he could to teach people that Jesus is the treasure. And remember our action step from last week? Our action step was to be, become hope dealers. Remember that? So one of our members was traveling. He was traveling in New Jersey, and he, and, he, and he saw this on a church. Look at this. Do you see that? Your neighborhood what? Hope dealer. Isn't that great? So he took a picture, and it's Fusion Church in New Jersey, and they believe they're their local hope dealer. Isn't that great? I had a wonderful time this week. People have said, Smiley, how are you? And I've been saying, well, I'm a little high. And they, they're shocked, and I say, yeah, on hopium, on hopium. And listen, I've been enjoying hoping and peddling hopium all week. That calmed them down a little bit, okay? Uh, aren't you thankful for hope? So this leads up to our verses. Now we move into chapter 2. Um, Paul is laboring so that people would treasure Christ. And so we read, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And for those who are at Laodicea, and for 
all those who have not personally seen my face. Now, if you're geographically challenged like me, I, I wanted to show you on the map here, uh, seeing what would be the, the southwest part of what we would consider Turkey today. See Colossa there? And see, right next to it is Laodicea. Do you see that? Uh, some of you have read the book of Revelation. Remember there were seven churches, right, that the letters were written to, and one of them was Laodicea. And see how close together Colossa and Laodicea are? So Paul's praying for both of them. He wants this letter to be read in Colossa, but listen, look, Laodicea is right next to it, okay? So Paul is talking about struggling. What he's saying is prayer is work. Do you pray for people? Do you know it's work? He's struggling in prayer, uh, for I want you to know how great a struggle in prayer I have on your behalf, and for those who are at Laodicea, and for all those who have not personally seen my face. So how do I know he's talking about prayer? Well, in the same book, we're going to get to Colossians chapter 4, and, and in Colossians 4 verse 12, look at this verse, Epaphras, he's the one who planted the church, Epaphras, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers. And he's always praying for you. He's praying for you. Why? That you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. He prays that you would know Jesus, that he's the treasure. Is that how we pray, pray for people? Oh, listen. One of the best ways to learn how to pray is to pray with people who know how to pray. So we get to see how Paul prayed for people. He said he's laboring in prayer. Look at verse 2. This is how Paul prayed for the church of Colossae, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes for the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. When Paul prayed for people, he prayed they'd be encouraged. He prayed for unity, that they would be knit together in love. He prayed above all else that they would know Jesus, the treasure. You know how to, I pray for you? You know how you can pray for me? You know how you can pray for our church? Pray that believers would be encouraged. Pray. Pray that we would be knit together in love, there would be unity. And above all else, pray that we would know Jesus, that we would know Jesus, that we would treasure Jesus, that we would love Jesus, that we would make much of Jesus. I love verse 3. Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Want to be wise? Hang around Jesus. Want to know a lot? Hang around Jesus. He's creator and savior in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with pers persuasive arguments. He says, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know him because there's always false teachers. There's false teachers in the church. There's false teachers out of the church. And he says, I want you to know Jesus and treasure Jesus because if you know and treasure Jesus, you won't be led astray. Um, this reminds me a lot of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11. Look at this verse. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Um, sometimes I'm accused of being too simple, and, and that's true. But I want you to know why, because I want you to know Jesus. 
I want you to treasure Jesus so that you're not led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Um, back to our passage in, in verse 5, for even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith. Listen, I'm not there, but I want you to know I'm always praying for you, and I want you to know I'm so encouraged because I know you treasure Jesus. So I want us to spend our time thinking about like verses 2 and 3. Uh, Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And uh, What I want us to do is to take the point that I shared with you when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure, and I want to begin to unpack it for you. I want you to know that that statement is the true gospel. It's the true gospel, and the true gospel is that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Smiley, I've heard that before. I know that. But what that means is that Jesus is the treasure. I want you to know that very, very well, that the true gospel is that Jesus is the treasure, and when you have Jesus plus nothing, you have everything. And the reason I want you to know that is because false teachers teach something different. And if you know the truth, then you can spot the false teachers. So here's the false gospel. The false gospel is that Jesus plus something equals everything. False teachers would say, Jesus is cool and all, but it's not enough. It's Jesus plus something. So in Colossae, there were Judaizers. And the Judaizers would say, believing in Jesus, that's cool and all, but not only do you need to believe in Jesus, you also need to be circumcised. You also need to keep the dietary laws. It's Jesus plus something else. That's your treasure. That's everything. Um, listen, there were also Gnostics there. Gnostics. And what the Gnostics said, Jesus is cool and all, but it's Jesus plus the special knowledge. If you really want treasure, it's Jesus plus this special knowledge. That's everything. That'll be your treasure. Do you know what the false gospel is today? It's written underneath that. Jesus is cool and all. And listen, Jesus plus what Jesus can get for you, that's everything. The false gospel today is that Jesus can help you get your treasure. Listen, Jesus can help you have a good marriage. Jesus can help you make a lot of money. Jesus can help you uh, make, make good grades. And so people follow Jesus and then they get disappointed and they walk away. So I want you to hear whenever there's an Plus, you know it's a false gospel that Jesus plus... No, 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 no. Remember the true gospel? One more time. The true gospel, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? Because Jesus is the treasure. He has the treasure. And when you have the treasure, you have it. So, Smiley, what does that mean that, that Jesus plus nothing? Well, one of my favorite verses in John 14, verse 6 Here's what I mean. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Is there any verse more offensive to people today than that verse? Is there? How can there be just one way? Do you know why people are offended by the verse? It's because they do not understand the bad news of the gospel. 
Listen, people do not understand the bad news. People today imagine we're good people. We just need to try a little harder. But when you understand the bad news of the gospel, then you're blown away by the good news that there is a way. You see, the bad news of the gospel is that we're sinners. We inherited sin from our parents, and we've all perfected our own style of sin. We've not honored our parents. We've not reserved sex for marriage. We've not told the truth. We've not loved God. We've not loved others. We have sinned against God over and over again, and what we deserve is hell. When we see our sin, when we see we've offended God, and what we deserve is hell, and we hear there's a way. There's a way. There's a way for hell-bound sinners to become heaven-bound Christians. There's a way. His name is Jesus. Then we're not upset. We're blown away. There's a way. Jesus is the way is because Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth to provide the way. He lived a perfect life for us. He went to the cross and died to provide the way. On the cross, he took our sins to provide the way. Listen, on the cross, he paid the penalty that our sins deserve to provide the way. He was dead. He was buried. He rose on the third day, and he proclaims through his people the great news that there is a way. There is a way for sinners to be forgiven and to do life and eternity with Jesus, and it's through putting our faith in Jesus. Did you hear that? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Have you put your faith in Christ? If you haven't, won't you? There's, there's no other way. And, and putting our faith in Christ really is as simple as A and B and C where we admit and then believe and commit. Um, there was a day, and, and if you've never done it, won't you make today that day? You can do that now, or I'll give you a chance when we close in prayer. But there was a day I admitted Jesus. It's not just the world that's broken. I'm broken. I've sinned. Won't you? I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. And then I said, I believe. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, won't you? And there was a day I committed. I trusted Jesus as Savior. Jesus, come in and forgive me and give me eternal life. And he did, won't you? And, and I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. And he did, won't you? Um, and if you have, I want you to hear what this verse says. You know why Jesus is our treasure? He's the way. He's the way. One day... Every one of us is going to die, and we're going to stand before God in judgment. And what will make the difference between heaven or hell will be whether we put our trust in Jesus or not. And so I want you to know, Jesus is my treasure because he's the way. He's the one who delivers me from hell so that I can enjoy him now and forever. Isn't he precious to you? Do you realize... Do you realize that religion says you have to be good to go to heaven? I don't stand a chance there. But listen, Jesus came to save sinners. That's why he's my treasure. He's my only hope. How about you? I mean, you remember Peter, right? Jesus said some difficult things, and, and many of them went away, and Jesus said, are you going to go too? And Peter said, what? Where are we going to go? You have words of eternal life. Oh, I love 1 Timothy 1. <clears throat> it's so important. Jesus didn't come to help good people get better. 
Jesus came so that hell-bound sinners could become heaven-bound followers of Christ, didn't he? It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. When we say that Jesus is the treasure, we're saying he's the way, he's the way, he's the way for us to live forever. But notice Jesus said in John 14, he said, not only that I am the way, notice next he says, I am the truth. He's the truth. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Isn't that what Colossians 2.3 is talking about, isn't it? When it says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so when we ask the question, where did everything come from? We come to Jesus, right? And we ask, where did everything come from? And he says what? Creation, right? That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And then we find ourselves asking, well, what went wrong? Why is the world so broken? When we come to Jesus, he says, what fall? That man sinned and it wrecked everything. And then when we ask the question, how do we fix it? When we come to Jesus, he says, we can't, but he can. That's redemption, right? When we ask the question, where is history headed to Jesus? He says, what consummation? He's coming back. He's going to make all things new. We come to Jesus because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever noticed in the, the study, but it says when we win someone to faith in Christ, we want them to come to Jesus and ask five really important questions. The first has to do with identity. And so we come to faith, we come to Jesus and say, who am I? And we understand our identity, right? I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple, right? And we ask the question, community, where do I belong? I belong in his church. We're strangers and aliens on earth, but we belong in his body. And we ask about purpose. Why am I here? We're here for others. We're here to follow Jesus and, and make disciples and, and money. What would Jesus have me to give? He wants me to be generous like he is. And hope, where am I going? I'm going to be with Jesus forever. The best is yet to come. We come to Jesus to get the answers to our questions about identity and community and, and purpose and, and money and hope, right? Could we say we live in a morally confused culture? Could we say that? Listen, our culture is struggling over issues, but we come to Jesus because he's the truth, right? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, and so I'm so thankful to have a treasure, and I know that there are two biological sexes because God made us male and female. And I know what marriage is. I know what marriage is because God said it's the permanent union of a man and woman. And I know the proper place for sex because God revealed it to us in his word. It's to be enjoyed in marriage alone between a husband and wife. I'm so thankful in a confused culture that Jesus is the truth. He's the way, treasure. He's the truth, treasure. Oh, in a confused culture, aren't you so thankful we have the word of God? We have truth. Oh, and I think for most of us, we start off in Jesus as the way, and that's treasure. And then we discover a little more. He's not just the way, he's the truth, and that's even better. And then we find out what? He's not just the truth, he's the, he's the life, right? Did you hear what he said? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Eternal life doesn't begin when we die. It begins the moment we put our faith in Christ, that we get to do life with Jesus now and forever. That's why he's the treasure. Oh, in John 6, this verse is so good. 
Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Did you hear that? Jesus is saying he's the treasure. Do you notice he didn't say, I can help you find the bread of life? I can get it for you? He says what? I'm the bread of life. I'm the treasure your heart's looking for. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. (laughs) I'm what your heart's hungry for. And he who believes in me will never thirst. I'm true food. I'm true drink. Oh, man, Jesus is my treasure. You know why he's my treasure? Because he's my friend. And you know what he said to me? I'll never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Don't we all long for that? Don't we all long for someone, and we're always afraid that our friends are going to discover something about us and leave. Don't we long for a friend who says, I'm never leaving? We have that in Jesus, don't we? And know what else we have? We have a purpose. Jesus has a purpose for our life. And you know why I'm so thankful to be a Christian? Everybody else, they want good people to do things. They want good people, but Jesus only uses rotten people. Isn't that great? There is a place where a rotten person like me can have a purpose in life that really, really matters. You know why I treasure Jesus? He uses rotten people like me to make a difference in the world. Isn't that amazing? Listen, when we say Jesus is our treasure, we're saying he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. That's why when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. And you say, well, Smiley, what does that look like? What does that look like? So let me give you three pictures, three pictures of what it looks like when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. The first comes from Matthew 13, from Matthew 13. This is so good. Look at this. The kingdom of heaven is like a... And what have we been learning? That what? That Jesus is the treasure, right? So a kingdom, to have a kingdom, you need king, a king and subjects. So he's saying, listen, the kingdom, the, the being a disciple, the following Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sees all that he has and buys that field. Oh. That is my story. There was a day I found treasure. And the treasure's name was Jesus. And it was though this is what I've been looking for all my life. And he says to us, what? Follow me. And aren't we? The guy didn't say, oh, that's too expensive. He didn't care how much it cost. He found treasure. He gladly went and sold everything to follow that treasure. Is that your story? Don't you want it to be? Listen, Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. When you meet Jesus, everything begins to change. For the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field because treasure is the one must have, the one thing we must have. Is that Jesus? Um, Second picture, second picture, there's the treasure. There's Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus. Didn't you enjoy Mark this week? Wasn't it good reading Mark together? Um, it, really interesting, there's a blind man named Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus is named. You, you notice how few people Jesus heals are named, but Bartimaeus is one of them. So we know he's blind, we know his name is Bartimaeus, and, and remember he hears Jesus is coming through Jericho, so he starts yelling, Jesus, Jesus, and what do the people tell him? 
What do they tell him? Be quiet. People always want me to quote Greek. You know what the Greek word meant? Shut up. <laughs> really? I mean, this blind man and nobody is screaming out Jesus' name, and they tell him what? Shut up. And so he shouts louder. Is that us? He's our only hope. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And uh, so Jesus says, come here. And, and Bartimaeus came and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I want you to open my eyes. And Jesus did in, in Mark 10, verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Man, Jesus opened Bartimaeus' eyes and he said, that's my treasure, that's my treasure, that's my treasure, I want to follow him. Do you know I grew up going to church but I didn't know Jesus? And then one day the Holy Spirit opened my eyes just like Bartimaeus and I saw Jesus. Isn't that your story? And when you see him, there is no one more beautiful in all the world. And what does he say to us? He says, what? Follow me, right? Follow me. You know why we follow him? Because he's our treasure. He's the one who opened our eyes. Oh, a hidden treasure, the one who opens our eyes. One more story, and that's the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3. In Philippians 3. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Paul, didn't you lose your position as, as, as a leader? And, 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 and weren't you beaten? And, and, and wasn't the Christian life hard? And you know what Paul says? One day I met Jesus. Have you met him? And all those things that used to matter so much, they were garbage compared to the treasure of knowing Jesus. Wow. That's what I mean when I say when Jesus is our treasure, Following him will be our pleasure. We'll be like the man with hidden treasure. We'll be like Bartimaeus. We'll be like Paul. And to help us, listen, to help us treasure Jesus, to help us follow Jesus, that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit so that we would treasure him and follow him. Let me show you in 1 Corinthians 2. This is so good. Now we have received. The moment we believe in Jesus, he not only forgives all of our sins, but he gives us the Holy Spirit. Why? Why did he give us the Holy Spirit? Now we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. I love that. The Bible reveals Jesus as true. The Bible reveals Jesus as true. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus as treasure, as treasure. He's the way. He's the way. One day you'll stand before God. Jesus is your deliverer. Treasure him. Jesus is the truth. 
In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Sit at his feet. Learn from him. Jesus is the life. He's the friend you always wanted. He has a purpose for your life. Follow him. Treasure him. Make much of him. Tell others about him. So if we're going to treasure Jesus and if we're going to follow him, it's, it's important to understand what our part of that is and what's his part, what's the Spirit's part. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. The reason we gather in worship the reason we encourage you to be involved in a small group, the reason we encourage you to get up and read the Bible is our part is to look at Jesus as he's revealed in the Scripture. Our part is to gaze at Jesus as he is in the Scripture. And then the Holy Spirit's job is to show that he's not just true, he's treasure, to show how beautiful he is and to form him in us. He's wiser than you. Follow him. He knows the path to happiness better than you. Follow him. Treasure him. Make much of him. Uh, our part, our part is to look at Jesus. The Holy Spirit forms him in us, okay? So, so what we've learned so far, what we've learned so far is that when Jesus is our treasure, then, then following him will be our pleasure. So now, I want to give you an action step this week that's very, very simple, and that's to treasure Jesus, just to treasure him. Uh, if, that means we make him our Number one, he's our, our must-have. He's our everything, right? So, listen, if you want to consistently spend time with Jesus, then treasure him. Treasure him. He's your number one must-have. When Jesus is our treasure, Sunday's a great day. We get to come and treasure Jesus together. It's the night of our small group. We get to gather with our treasure. Listen, every morning our treasure is inviting us, come, come, let's have breakfast together. Is that us? Do we hear our treasure calling us? Do you know something that will change our lives? It makes a lot of sense that we would treasure Jesus, doesn't it? But do you know what makes no sense at all? He treasures us. <laughs> Jesus says, come, you're my treasure. You're my treasure. Let's spend time together. And when we realize Jesus treasures us, we'll treasure him. Oh, listen, you, you want to overcome sin? You want to, the only way to overcome sin is to treasure Jesus, to treasure Jesus. I want you to understand something about sin. Sin is not a pleasure problem. Sin is a treasure problem. Sin is not a pleasure problem. It's a treasure problem. We're all pleasure seekers. We're always constantly seeking our pleasure. What gets us in trouble is when we seek our pleasure in the wrong treasure. When we believe we're wiser than Jesus at knowing the path to happiness, then we pursue our pleasure in the wrong treasure, and that's what keeps us bound by sin. And that's why we repent. Repent, the word repent literally means to change our thinking. What was I thinking, Jesus? You're wiser than me. I will pursue my pleasure in you. 
Let me illustrate. Probably nobody else in here struggles with this, but I struggle with bitterness. Anybody else ever struggle with that? I mean, you ever get disappointed by people? You ever get hurt? And uh, it's hard to forgive, isn't it? And, um, and I struggle with that. And, and then I see my treasure, Jesus, on the cross. And what does he say from the cross? What? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because you know what my heart says? Never forgive them because they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> my heart is so twisted. Uh, is yours. And, and, and then I, I do the Lord's Prayer, and he says what? Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Oh. And then probably nobody else does this, but I love sometimes, especially at night, to recount all the ways that people have hurt me. And you know what Jesus always says to me? Two can play this game. You want me to do that? No. And I repent. Jesus, I'm so sorry. You have been so forgiving to me, and I have been so unforgiving to others. And you know what? When I pursue my pleasure in the treasure of Jesus, life is so much better. I don't know what sin's holding you today, but I do know this. Listen, sin is not a pleasure problem. It is a treasure problem. You need to repent and make Jesus your treasure and pursue your pleasure in the treasure of Jesus, and that's what will set you free. You want to follow Jesus? You want to follow Jesus? If you want to follow him, just treasure him. Jesus, you're the way. You're my treasure. You're the truth, and you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. You're the life. I get to do life with you. I have a friend. I have a purpose. When Jesus is your treasure, following him will be your pleasure. Listen, do, do you want a boldness, a boldness in sharing Christ openly? Then treasure him. Treasure him because we talk about our treasures all the time, don't we? Don't we talk about our treasures? Listen, when Jesus is our treasure, we'll find we talk about him all the time because how can we not talk about our treasure? But I think what keeps us back sometimes is the devil says, well, who are you? You're, you're so rotten. Who are you to tell other people about Jesus? You don't know enough. You're not smart enough. And so I want to show you a verse that encourages me to share my treasure. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. We don't preach ourselves. We don't tell people how amazing we are. We tell people how amazing Jesus is, Right? Oh, and then this, for, listen, for, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who was shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Um, it happens in our life, doesn't it, that, that God says, what, let there be light. And when we see Jesus and we see treasure, we, we've got to share him with others. We've got to tell everybody what a treasure we have, right? And so this next verse is so, so good. Here's how we share our treasure. But we have this, help me, what? Treasure in earthen vessels. We have Jesus in us. We have the gospel in us. We have treasure in us so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. 
one of my new heroes, Doug, who just keeps winning all of his friends to faith in Christ. I said, how do you do that? And he says, here's how I start. I tell my friends that I'm a bigger sinner than they are. But I share with them where they can find forgiveness and eternal life. Isn't that what it means to be a witness, isn't it? I love what someone said, that being a witness is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. It's just one forgiven person sharing with another sinner where they can find forgiveness. And what encourages me is my life is such a wreck, but the treasure is in me. I have a treasure, and it's not bound by my own rottenness. The treasure is Christ that I can freely give to others, and you can too. Who do you know? Who do you know that would love to hear what we learned today? Who would love to hear that Jesus is the treasure? Who do you know who would love to hear that what would change their lives more than anything is to treasure Jesus? Because when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. Um, listen, do you want to look forward to the future? Do you want to look forward to the future? Then, then treasure Jesus, treasure Jesus. Every morning when I get up, I treasure Jesus and I pray to myself for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain, for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Do you know why I do that? This week, I went to three funerals. And I have another funeral Saturday. Every day of my life, I'm reminded that we're all going to die. But I have a treasure, and his name is Jesus. And I know that I can't lose because to live is Christ. If, if I stay here, it's because my treasure has a purpose for me to spread the treasure everywhere, to live as Christ. And if I die, I get to go and be with my treasure. So I get to do life knowing I can't lose because I win whether I live or I die. So... What have we learned? We've learned uh, that when Jesus is our treasure, following him will be our pleasure. So this week, when you're thinking about spending time with Jesus, treasure him, treasure him, and then you'll want to. This week, when you're struggling with sin, remember, treasure Jesus, treasure Jesus, because that's what leads us out of our sins. This week, when you want to follow Jesus, remember, he's our treasure, follow him. This week, when you want to share the gospel, remember, Jesus is our treasure. And listen, then you'll have tremendous boldness in sharing him. This week, when you're, you're a little worried about the future, when you're worried about the future, listen, treasure Jesus, okay? Treasure Jesus, treasures Jesus, and then we'll be able to look forward to the future knowing that the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, it would make lots of sense for us to treasure you, but it makes no sense that you would treasure us, and yet you did. Thank you. You left heaven to come to earth and live and die and rise so that we could be your treasure. Listen, if you've never chosen Jesus as your treasure, you've never received him as your Savior and Lord, never received him for eternal life, won't you? He's here. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I sinned against you. I'm sorry. And, and I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior. And forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. 
And Jesus, for those of us who've received you as our treasure, Lord, we are so thankful that you're the way. You're the way. That, that you're the truth. That you're the life. Oh, Lord, this week, in the power of your Holy Spirit, may we treasure you and spend time with you and treasure you and, and come out of our sins and treasure you and follow you and treasure you and tell everyone about you and treasure you and look forward to the future. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.